voel dat ik het nodig om net weer te bid, <laughs> voordat ons die woord breng. Um, ja, bid gesam my. Heere, jy is die enigste lewe. Jy is die enigste waarheid. Heilige Gees, jy is die enigste een wat kan snui tussen murg en been. Ek vraag dat jy sal kom vandag en dat jy jy self in ons harte sal instort, dat jy die waarheid in ons harte sal instort, asjeblief. Ek vraag dat jy my intellek en wat goed wat op ons makkelijk wil staat maak, dat jy dit sal bypass, dat jy net jy hart in my hart sal sit en jy woorde in my mond sal sit. In die naam van Jesus Christus, ons koning. Amen. Wanneer jy um, open hart surgery doorgaan, when you have to fix something in the heart, they've got to crack open the chest, and they've got to take these terrible stuff and literally pull you open like this so that they can get to the heart. And uh, what I feel like is what's happening is that the Holy Spirit is busy doing and needs to do a bit of open heart surgery with us. Um, he needs to come and he needs to come and, and do stuff in our hearts. He needs to come and cut away things in our hearts and make changes and fix things and sometimes give you a bypass or two. Um, but you can't do it in the flesh. You've got to take the flesh out of the way. And uh, this week I've experienced something um, that my flesh cannot comprehend, that my flesh cannot answer. Um, it's, I, th- I think it might still be a, a, a bit of, uh, what do you call it, uh, working through the things that the Holy Spirit worked in the conference. But I, I experienced times this week when, when, I, when I would just normally walk around or go about my day, go about things, and I'd feel the Holy Spirit work something in me, and, but I can't put words to it. Uh, I only know that He's revealing something about the character of Jesus in my spirit man. And my only response is, I want to be like that. I want to become that. And, and it's not the nice things about Jesus that He's revealing. It's not His power. It's, it's not His sonship. It's not His, his, his miracles or his, his goodness or all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, the, it's the stuff that we don't want to know about Him. It's the things about His suffering that He's revealing in my heart. It's, it's the things about how He made Himself vulnerable for people. How He allowed people to hurt Him. That He reveals to me. And something in me says, I want to be like that. I want that. I want that. So this week, a few times, I just prayed, Jesus, Jesus, please make me like You. Please make me like You. And it's not the nice thing so that people can say, you know, yes, die is a, die is a nice oh. Something, I think, on our way 
it's a lot of hours of driving. I don't let this buy her. I mean, the poor busies. So on our way there, I think we listened to the whole of Acts. And on our way back, we listened to the whole of Romans, the whole of Galatians, um, and, the, and two books. So uh, we got a lot of stuff in. And I used my opportunity. <laughs> and, um, uh, but all the while, the Holy Spirit was working and working through those scriptures. You just feel like listening to Romans. You feel like, wow, this is life. This is life. This is life. Just life coming into you. Life coming into you. Yes, I will you to spend a long time in the word. And that the life, the life comes. The life comes. So, um, last week you guys watched um, a teaching of Andrew that he actually also did at the conference um, about the humility of God. And I almost feel sort of like this week might be a bit of a... Um, an extension of that, or I could not need die specific teaching but something similar was working in my heart, and I was praying and praying, Lord, what must I bring? What must I bring? What must I bring? And um, the Lord revealed to me, I think, something that's connected to what He's worked in my heart all this, all this time. Um, what I was actually wanting to say about the listening to the Word is, as we listened to Acts and as we listened to, to Romans, I realized that um, what we must also long for, and we, I never understood what Paul says, I want to share in the sufferings of Christ. I want to share in his, in his resurrection and, on, and in his sufferings. And this is the sufferings. Here is one of the good things. This is not all. But I believe the Lord wants, us, wants to cut us, and that's why I said about the open heart. Your flesh, gaan, it's, your flesh is not going to like this. Your flesh will not like to hear this. Your flesh will want to protect you. Your flesh will want to say, but. Your flesh will want to say, but. But. This is not work in your life. But guess what? Jesus said over and over and over. That his kingdom and his world is much different and what we see and experience and want to live in, in this world. And if you want to belong to His kingdom, if you want to share in His resurrection, we must also be able to share in His sufferings. We must also be able to lay down our lives. And that is, this war, war we are gaan, is laying down of our lives. And it gaan weer a specific element daarvan, a specific thing daarvan, but ultimately, this is what Jesus calls us to, is laying down our lives. That is Christianity. Christianity is about laying down your life. It's not about the power and the signs and wonders and all that. Daai is van die te vloei uit een leven uit wat neergelees. So that His power can flow through you so that He can move through you, so that His purposes can be fulfilled through you. We discussed it briefly on, on Tuesday night. There's a book of Max Lucado that says, it's not about me. Christian life. It's not about me. Ne? Jesus will never, never, never ask you 
or tell you or prompt you or lead you to do something or to become something or somebody that is not ultimately for your benefit. Dit sal altyd tot jou voordeel wees, dit wat Jesus van jou vraag. Altyd. Because he gives life. He does not come to kill, steal and destroy. He gives life. Nee? He says, I have come to give life and life abundantly. But then, he also says, if you do not lay down your life, you will not receive this life that I would want to give you. And that is what we struggle with. Dit is waarmee ons so struggle, is dat ons vlees wil lewe behou. Ons vlees wil sê, maar lewe bestaan uit hierdie en hierdie en hierdie. Lewe bestaan uit dat mense my sien vir wie ek is, en mense my respecteer, en, en, en al die type van goed. Lewe bestaan uit hierdie lewe. Jesus says, no, your life will be, you will start experiencing life and tasting life the moment you lay down your life. The moment you realize it's not about you, you will start tasting this and experiencing this. Nee, I say in Lucas 17, 33, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. I think I can line up say John 12. Say, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Now, do I follow me is become like me, be like me, be who I am. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant, um, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Father will honor him. And he's an amazing contrast. The flesh wants to live for the honor of people. The flesh wants to live for the honor of this world. But Jesus says, lay that down and the Father will honor you. Now whose honor do you really, really want? Whose honor will last forever? Into all eternity. Ne? I want to read John 13. As a sort of a entrance. Can you the word is seen the other is big claim? Okay. So this is the whole story of where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. So let's just enter with that. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash your feet, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then not my feet, but also my hands and my head. 
Jesus said to him, To one who was bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. Um, that was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, he resumed his place and said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, yet you are right, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Buerdas, eindelijk apostel. If you um, know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So here's the yellow story. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, I it's my name. Here's the yellow story where Jesus come. And I will you just go in, in, in the context of what here happened. Jesus is the Son of God. He is God. He is a leermeester, he is a meester, he is a So he is onderdanig aan hom, and he bevestigt it, he says, yeah, I am your teacher. I am your master. He bevestigt it. And he comes, En hy gaan doen dit wat nie eers hulle onder mekaar sal doen nie, wat normaalweg moet gebeur is, daar moet nog iemand is wat onder die disciples is, een dienstknecht moet kom, en hulle hande en hulle goeders was. Voordat hulle eet. So, in, in die kultuur, voordat hulle snack voor ete, was hulle net die rechterhand. En hulle snack met die rechterhand. En dan voor hoofmaaltijd, dan was hulle weer, dan was hulle al twee hande. En hulle eer die hoofmaaltijd. En daar is iemand wat eindelijk kom en hulle in die buis en, en water uitgooi en dan was hulle laankies en so. Dis die servant. En nou kom Jesus en hy sê, hy doen hier die daad, hy was hulle voete. Dit is die vuilste gedeelte van jou lichaam. Ek bedoel, daai ouwens het nie soos ons mooi vellies gedra nie. Hulle het oop sandale gedra en, en, en stofpaaie en En as hulle deur gedeeltes moes geloop het, wat, wat, nie so, wat nie so skoon was nie, dan het hulle tientje en een ook deur goed geloop, wat mense net by hulle reit uitgegooi het. Ou, pasgoedwater, en al die type van goed. So die straten was nie skoon nie. Nee, swak op sy straten is skoon. Maar gaan loop ekie deur Ivers en Pumalanga. Nee, dit is veil. Kalvoete. En Jesus kom met sy hande, en hy was hulle voete, as a, as a voorbeeld. Hy sê, I give this to you as an example, and this is the example you must follow. Jesus kom hy openbaar sy karakter, en hy sê, dit maak nie saak, dat ek jou leermeester is, dit maak nie saak, dat ek jou meester is, en dat jy eindelijk onderdanig aan my is nie. En daarmee, hy sê ook, dat ja, ek is jou meester. Met ander woorde, die feit dat ek jou voete was, maak my nou nie laar as jou nie. 
dit, dit verander nie ons positie nie. My positie bly nog steeds hoer as jou nie, maar as een wie sy positie hoer is, was ek jou voete, wat laar is. En hy probeer vir hy die concept leer, hy sê, dat jylle moet diezelfde doen. En 10 tegen 1 het Jesus een bykie in sy kop gehad, die keer wat hy gehoor het, hoe die disciples onder mekaar beklaai het, oor wie, die, wie, die, wie van hulle is nou die beste. Nee? Het staan waar Jesus het gekom, Jesus came, and, he, and they were arguing about who was the greatest. And Jesus knew what was in their hearts. And he said to them, he actually brought a child. He said in the kingdom, this is the greatest. If you do not become like one of these, een wat nie heel tyd worry oor wat ander mense dink nie. Nee, wie, wie love die boldness van een kind? Betek jy dink, my kind is te bold. <laughs> you become like one of these. So it's the character and the heart of Jesus and, and he showed us that it is completely, completely godly and in his character and his will for us to set ourselves beneath someone else. And our flesh does not want to hear that. Our society does not want to hear that. Our society, ons leef in a society, ons leef in a, in a tyd waar, where it's all about being recognized and being honored and being seen and being, the human rights movement is completely out of whack. Nee? Jy kan nou, if you don't feel you're accepted or that you, you don't have human rights, just start a new group. Yeah. Start something else. Become a new mix of, I don't know what you are now, but then say, you have to, uh, you have to give me my rights. We live, in a, we live in a world where human rights is, and and I'm, I know this is, I'm not speaking against honoring people. I'm not speaking, no, I'm not speaking against loving people. We have to love people the way God loves them. But the way of the Lord is not about setting people on pedestals. The way of the Lord is not about setting people on places where where we recognize the flesh. That's the way of the world. And it's difficult for us to hear. Ek weet, daar is goed die binne wat sê, hmm, kan nie wees nie. But the way of the Lord is washing feet. The way of the Lord is laying down his life. The way of the Lord is becoming least or less than anybody else. It is the flesh that wants recognition. It's the flesh that wants honor. If you really want to go and think about this, about yourself. If, you were to, if, you, if we were able to, 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 to be uh, subjective, and listen to our flesh and our spirit man talk. You will hear the flesh trying to honor himself and lift himself up. And you will hear the spirit 
trying to honor Jesus and lift Jesus up. You will hear the spirit man talk about loving others and giving yourself for others. And immediately the flesh man will say, but no, what will it cost me? Immediately the flesh man will say, but what about me? You will hear the spirit man say, let's help that guy. Let's give him an opportunity. Let's lift him. Let's equip him. And the flesh man will say, but what if he becomes greater than I? See, our flesh is fighting for survival because it's dying. Anything that's dying wants to fight for survival. And from the moment Adam and Eve sinned, life, life, the life-giving power of God in man left and we were dying. And the flesh ever since has been trained and been training itself and we've been training our kids at school and we've been training our thoughts, we've been training everything about being up there so that people can recognize you, so that people can see you, so that you can be something or somebody. But that's not the way of the Lord. It's not the way of the Lord. It's the flesh that wants to belong. There's nothing wrong with belonging. There's nothing wrong with, I mean, the body of Christ is God's idea. <laughs> the church is God's idea. But you know that the flesh can drive you to join a church so you can feel good about yourself. The flesh can drive you to become part of something. It doesn't have to be a church. Gangs, groups, cliques, all of that is driven by the flesh. Everything. Ned also story from Francis Chan. But um, there's a guy who was a gangster who gave his life to Jesus. He left the gang. He went to church for a few months. After a few months, he went to Francis Chan and said, I'm, I think I'm going back to the gang. Because I felt more love and acceptance in the gang than I did in church. And it's a wake-up call for the church. But it's also an indication that it's still flesh-driven. Where my heart is a belief. I'm not saying it's not good. How good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. The word said it. Ne? But if we are doing it so that the flesh can be satisfied, we are on dangerous ground. Because if you're doing it so the flesh can be satisfied, you will be offended by the first person who doesn't agree with you. You will be offended by the first person who doesn't do something according to what you think is the best for you. And that is not what the body is about. Something that stood out for me in the week while we were um, thinking about stuff is we are Christ's body. We are Christ's body. 
We are not just a nice gathering of people who enjoy coming together, who enjoy, you know, unity and who feed off each other and all that. It all can look brilliant. It all can look good. It all can look like lever. But if we do not come into the body and get engrafted into the body and submit ourselves to the body as people who have died to ourselves and we have given our life to Jesus and allowing Him to be the source of our life, allowing Him to be the one that, that, that motivates everything we do. Paul says in, in, in Corinthians 2, I say we are compelled by love, nothing else. We are compelled by love. And if we join the body and we are not compelled by love, we are compelled by something else. And that's what we can get out of it. And that's driven by the flesh. Oof. I could need a blend and so swarzy. But I think it's a word that we need to hear. Ongelukkig. I think I should have come back from the conference with her. Woo! Word. But I think, I don't know. The Lord is, the Lord is getting really, really, really serious about His body. He's getting really, really, really serious about us manifesting His life in the church and in church. And here's the good thing. Let ek die goeie ding uitgooi. Is that the moment we truly die to ourselves, the moment we truly make ourselves open to true humility, we will ne- you will never be more free in your life. You will never experience more life than when you come to the place where the flesh is put away. Imagine a church where there's no offense because there's no flesh to offend. Imagine a relationship that you are in, whether it's your husband or your wife or your work or whatever, that that is... There can't be any offense because I'm dead. See, this was the life of Jesus. This is the thing that I'm trying to express and, and say that Jesus walked around without offense. And if there was anywhere, any person in this world that, that could be offended, it was him. He was God. People mocked him. People called him a liar. People, you know, just... Think about what happened at the crucifixion. Pulled out his beard. Stripped off his clothes. That he's naked there in front of everybody. Mocked him. Putting crown of thorns on his head. It was a mockery. You are saying that you are the king. Yeah, here's a crown for you. Putting a robe on him and... I mean... And then say 2 Petrus 2 verse 22 say that he did not retaliate 
He did not say, listen, met wie denk jy praat jy? So is iemand wie sê, met wie denk jy praat jy? En sê, nee, ek weet nie, met wie ek praat nie, maar. He didn't say that. That wasn't his attitude when he walked this earth. Nee? Die apostels het die selde ding gehad. Kom ons lees, jy schaar hierdie, Philippense 2. Sê, therefore, if any, ach, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you in the interest of the others. Wacht het Oh, Holy Spirit. Het is nie wat ons in die wereld leer nie. Het is nie wat ons leer. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Nee? In humility, value others above yourself. Ja, nou leer ons, ons leer in die wereld. Dat jy moet goed wees vir ander en jy moet ander mense sy, sy rechte erken, en al die type goed, nou, al hierdie, al hierdie, ek wil amper sê, daar is massive klomp counterfeit, valuing of others, nee, dink, I'm not even gonna name them, but millions, I mean the whole thing of, the whole corporate, um, Corporates are going after, yeah, we must look after the world, and we must look after this, and in, in, in all that type of good. But what's at the back of that? Margin. If I look at the world better than my competitor, that they'll come to me instead of them. If I say I'm green before that guy says he's green. So it, it becomes this race. So daar is hierdie klomp goed en ek weet ek druk nie myself recht uit nie. Nee, maar what we see in Jesus is that when somebody called him a devil he did not say to that guy how dare you speak to me like that? How dare you say that to me? And we also don't see him running to the Father and saying, Oh, look what they're telling me, look what they're calling me. He come out and come. Will he and come? We don't see Jesus running to the Father and, and saying, Oh, look how they're treating me, they're treating me so bad. They, 
name. Why? Because somehow Jesus reached in his heart this place of complete <coughs> submission to this world he came to serve. That says, you know what, if you call me names, I'll accept it. That's fine. If you treat me like a dog, it's fine. I'll accept it. There's something, and, and I don't have words for it because it's not a concept that we've learned. But that's the thing that the Lord was working in me and, and, and where I said, I want to be like that. That Jesus could reach this place of complete vulnerability in submission to those he came to serve. That says, even if they misunderstand me, it's okay. Even if they treat me wrong, it's okay. Even if they don't honor me or give me the honor that a God deserves or that God deserves, it's okay. Because I love them more than I love myself. Because I value their lives more than I value myself. I value... Can we walk around like that? Can I love my wife like Jesus loves her? And when she looks at me skew or she, she's had a bad day and she comes at me hard or whatever... I can say it's okay. Because I don't value myself more than, I, than you. Verstaan jylle die concept van, you can only take offense against somebody or something that you put yourself above. You can only be offended when you think, who are you to talk to me like that? Met ander woorde, ek is hoog en jy is laag. And Jesus said, no, that is not my way. My way is, I put myself underneath. I come to your feet, I go on my knees and I wash your feet. Die, um, die apostels het ook so'n bykie van verstaan. They, they got this thing. 1 Korintiërs 4 vers 9. Wacht, wacht, kost gaan net aan, skies jylle. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Who feel van ons draai die posisie in ons hart en ons sê, dat dit is hoekom jy my op een sekere manier moet hanteer. Wie raak meer kwaad vir een taxi wat voor hom inry, as vir een ou met een randse kar? Want jy denk, jou veel taxi bestuurder, en jy denk, jou ou met een randse kar is seker in een of ander krisis of laat vir iets, en dis hoe kom hy nou voor jou inry. Jy verskoon het makkelijker. Kom aan, in jou hart, 
because we think ourselves above. He did not consider his equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, made himself nothing. He himself considered as nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, by being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Ek het nou net gesê van die apostels, hoor nie gauw hulle harte, nie? Just consider their hearts. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. Met ander woorde, dit voel vir my dat God het ons wat apostels is, wat, wat alles geef om, wat, wat ons asse afwerk, om die kerk te bou en om alles te gee, sê Paulus, dit voel vir my ons as die ouwens wat heel achter in die reis staan, dit voel vir my ons as die ouwens wat, wat, wat die mockery is, after the battle, and those who you have captured, you, you put it behind so that people can throw tomatoes and things at them when they walk through the streets. It feels like God has done that to us. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to human beings. We are fools for Christ. But you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. We, you are honored, and we are dishonored. To this very hour, we are hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have come, uh, become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. Dit is die harte van die apostels. Hoeveel verskillend lyk dit van die apostels wat ons iwers in Afrika sien. Gaan nie nou so in te gaan nie. What I'm trying to show is that they captured something of the heart of Jesus. And they are those walking in front wat eerste loop. Pastors shouldn't become offended when people leave their church. or When people, yes, as the, if there's anybody that people will get angry at, it's pastors. It should be like that. I'm telling you now, if I don't offend your flesh, I'm not doing my job. I'm sorry to say that. But in the same time, I must build up your spirit. But sometimes we can only get to the spirit by cutting away the flesh. <coughs> offending the flesh. But Paul realized something. He says, do you know what? For Christ, it is okay for me to be made a fool. And the same thing in our relationships with others. Can we come to the place where, where it's okay for us 
to not receive the honor that we think that we should receive. To not be recognized like we think we should be recognized. In my old church, I was um, the head of the music ministry and we had a massive, massive music ministry. It was crazy. It was just, man. Um, it was a big stage. Massive sound. It was a thing. Astronomische wil het geld gekoos. Verskama weer. But all, many times, I would have people come to me and say, I want to join your ministry. People with amazing skills. People with amazing voices and all that. And I would have a sit-down discussion with them. And the first thing I try to determine in discussion is, is this guy looking for a stage or is he looking to serve God? And he can be the best singer in this world. He can be Robbie Williams or Elvis or whoever. If I, for a second, thought that you were looking for a stage, I would not allow you in. See, people, it is gevaarlijk. We can't join the church to feel good about ourselves. We can't join the church to feel significant. We can't join the church to get the praise of the pastor or the slap on the back or the whatever. Because the moment you don't get it, you'll be offended and you'll leave. You'll go find somewhere else where people will praise you. But then you don't get the gospel. I'm I can really bit gereeld and we are amazed at, at the people that God is bringing to us. We are amazed. It's the, the quality of people is amazing. Truly, truly, truly amazing. But we pray that everyone will realize and that everyone will be grafted in and planted in by Christ. So that everyone can realize their place and their work in the body. Because it's his body. It's his church. It's his doing. And the main thing, the main um, character of what God desires in a church is that your life will be laid down. James says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and then He will lift you up in due course. It is not the job of the pastor to make you feel good about yourself. It's the job of the pastor to help you become more like Jesus. To grow in maturity in the faith. To be equipped for works of ministry. And as you do, as you grow, as you become implanted and really engrafted, as you become more like Jesus, the other stuff will come. You will never feel as good as when you feel 
when you are in service and the presence of the Lord for the sake of Him and not for yourself. Nee? Jy het hier die een gedachte na buiten gekom, wat nie rarig in die vloei van dinge is nie, maar het um, is vir my belangrik. I have to talk about this, and it's about forgiveness. The Lord showed me as well. That unforgiveness comes out of a place of pride. If we cannot forgive somebody, once again it's because we place ourselves higher than the person who has offended us. Just think about this. Don't think logically here. If you cannot forgive, that means that somewhere in your heart there is something that says, how dare you do that to me? But once again, what if your heart took the position of humility, of being lowly, of being less than the others? And you say, it's okay. It's okay that you hurt me. Because I know you're only deceived. It's okay that you hurt me because I know that you do not know better. Wasn't that the position Jesus took on the cross? Once again, when they were pulling out his beard and when they were mocking him and all that. He did not say, Father... Take revenge on me. Give them what they deserve. Look at what they're doing to me, these low scum of the earth. I'm done with these humans. He did not say that. In love. Do we understand how much love there must be in Jesus' heart? To say to the guy who is busy putting nails through your hands... On, cro- on, on the cross, on wood. Guys who have just whipped you to an inch of death. How much love there must be in his heart and how much humility there must be in his heart. How low his heart must be to look at those people and say, it's okay. So okay that jy so met my praat. Want ek dink nie ek is beter as jy. So okay that jy my so seer maak. Because I don't think I love you more than I love myself a keer was. So for those we can't forgive Maybe we must ask the God, ask the God, but it's the Lord. <laughs> ask the Lord to pour out His love in our hearts for that person. So much so that I love Him more than I love myself. So I can come to the place and say, it's okay. It's alright. Now the other thing is, the feet 
the washing of the feet, it's not about the action. It's not about going around having feet wash parties. <laughs> you know, it's nice to know and done. Dalk as it's a leer ding or what to call it to do. But Jesus has not said, follow this example and now once a month get together and wash each other's feet. Nooit weer. Lees ons in die Nieuwe Testament dat enig iemand iemand anders sy voete gaan was het. Never. It's about the condition of the heart. It's not about acting out. En ek wil, ek, ek, toe ek hierdie voorbereid, het ek nie besef, hier is so harde woord nie. It's not about acting out the right stuff that looks like humility. I can act humility easy. Makkelijk. I can even override my flesh so that I can look good to someone else, which is just more flesh, heat on flesh. Really. But Jesus did not say, go and act like you put others above yourself. Philippians 2 say, he took the humble position of a slave. He positioned himself. He positioned his heart. And that is the difficult thing. Because it's easy for us to go and try and, and be humble. Nee? Maar kort voor lang gaan ons dan met mekaar begin praat oor, yes, wie is nou die humbleste? Kobus? Of? Nee? And Jesus doesn't want that. That's, that's pious religion. That is, that is looking like Jesus without becoming like Jesus. And that is dangerous. That is when people get hurt. Jesus calls us. There's only one way. Die. Die to the flesh. Die to the flesh. It's only one way. There's only one way to be like Jesus, to have his position of complete, complete submission to one another. Die to the flesh. We can only do this through him. Ek denk nie, is een van ons, wat onszelf kan humble nie. Because then it's out of effort and the flesh. We've got literally got to go and place ourselves in his hands and repent and say, Lord, I'm a sinful man. I'm a man whose flesh is still very much active and alive. I'm a man who thinks about myself most of the time. I'm a man who considers myself before I consider anyone else. I'm a man who counts the cost when you ask me 
to give something. I'm a sinful man, Lord. Would you please come? Cut away my flesh. Cut away that in me that wants to make me stand up, that wants to make me look good, that wants to make me feel like I'm something or somebody. I submit this into your hands, Lord. In Corinthians 1, verse 27, and I slide off with this verse. But God chose what the world thinks foolish to shame the wise. And God chose what the world thinks weak to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, what is regarded as nothing, to set aside what is regarded as something, so that no one can boast in His presence. He is the reason you have a relationship with Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. What this says, it is only through God. It's only through Christ. And we have to learn to continually and continually and continually say, Lord, here I am. Please cut away my flesh. Cut away in me. And the cutting will not be easy. It will hurt. It will cost you. But at the end of the day, you will never be more alive. You will never be more free. You will never be more loving. True love, His love. You will never be more humble. Not as Moses, but self described as the most nederigste man on earth. You will truly be in a place where the Lord can do with you what He desires and wants in the lives of people. And what I imagine is imagine a church where the flesh has been cut away. Imagine what God can do in and through us, in and through His body.